Yeah, sucker. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia, and you're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Part of the Herpeticulture Network. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 131 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I am Jacob Roach with Longleaf Reptilia. Oh, so new so. new brand, new logo, new yeah. intro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This we is the first. N- yeah. This is going to be the first episode of the new intro. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Bombing, boy. I hope you guys liked it. Bombing. I thought it was good. I thought it was real nice. Embalming fluid. So, what's up? Let me get this crisp bang open. Get that crisp bang. Crisp bang. Man, I can't believe you drink bang at this hour. <sighs> that so is good. outrageous. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm sending some pictures. Ugh. Hurry up. Jeez. Jason already wanted us to talk about how he's the best anyways. So. Jason's, Jason is awesome, dude. Jason Keller's the man. It's my guy. Be a lot cooler if he had some of those Barona right there. Anyways, this episode is brought to you by Steve Snakeshuary and Venom Hot Sauce. So just remember... If you want to support a good cause, go buy some hot sauce. If you like hot sauce, you should try Steve Snakeshuaries. It's good. Me and Justin have had them all. It's there for the taking. They're fresh. They're good. Throw them on some tacos. Throw them on your chips. Enjoy a day in a cold beer. You we tried them on horrible Pizza Hut boneless wings. Were they Pizza Hut? They were Pizza Hut. Why did we get Pizza Hut boneless wings? I don't. I think I was just where I was the closest at the time. I was at work or something, and I left work. Hmm. There's a pizza right behind one of the shops, yeah. right by one of the shops. So I was like, oh, I'll just order them and then I'll grab them on my way home. Problem solved. Bada bing, bada boom. They're horrible. So Well, they made the wings somewhat good. So there's that. If it can make Pizza Hut wings good, I mean, can you really complain much? If you are a hot sauce connoisseur and you are not trying some of Steve Snakeshuary's venom sauce, are, what you are you really a connoisseur? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Just do it. Just go get some. Eat it in it's your It's like face. me saying I'm a I'm an energy drink connoisseur, but I don't I only like coffee. Yeah, there you go. Light up your cancer stick. Oh my. Joe Dirt. I ain't no Joe Dirt, son. <coughs> so episode one thirty one, this is just us again. This is the first time we've yeah. done a one-on-one, and I don't know how long. Thirty-one like, episodes. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know if that one really counted as like a I mean, legitimate yeah. one-on-one, but yeah, you're right. I mean, technically, but I mean, that's the truth. You got an ashtray? There's one right next to you. There's use that tin can. Is that good? Tin can makes they make great ashtrays. If you don't absolutely annihilate them like I did, I tried to make a little tab that yeah, you could set dude, the cigar. Yeah, that thing looks and it looks like a Wolverine. It looks, yeah, ham on it. it looks dangerous. I don't know if I would. 
You might I don't get, get tetanus. To that. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want that. So but, uh, yeah, so this has been the first one-on-one. I guess like, yeah, you know, I guess the hundredth was the last one. But again, does that really count? Uh, yes, technically, but no. This mm-hmm. is the first real one-on-one. Hey, episode one hundred. It was like it has to be you and me. Like it's yeah. it's the one hundredth episode. That's a milestone. I think a lot of people it's make podcasts and never mm-hmm. reach that number. You know, they don't. N- never hit a hundred. Never hit a hundred. Yeah. But we did it. Uh, yeah. Super pumped. Super proud. Yeah. And uh, so normally, obviously, it's Wednesday night. So typically, we drop this on Thursday night. I realized yesterday that we have an event at work. So I'm going to be working late tomorrow. So I said, hey, let's do it tonight. And since I didn't have anybody lined up, I was like, let's go ahead and just do a one-on-one. Yeah. Long overdue. Very. So here we are. <coughs> But it's been a busy weekend. Um, oh I had some corns come in. You had a whole bunch of stuff come in. We rode up to black box uh, cages, enclosures, yeah. and, and reptile and rack systems. Um, who, full disclosure, I do some like social media work for. Um, Jen and Clint are awesome people. Uh, so we came home 10 hours on the road. What was that? Was that yes? That wasn't yesterday, was it? No, it was Sunday. Cause today's it's no, it was Wednesday. Monday. It was. it was Monday. Today is Wednesday, so it was the day before yesterday. Yeah. Boy, that was a long day. That was a very long. That day. That was a long day. It was about. It was roughly four and a half hours there, but I think it took a little longer with a few stops yeah. and all that jazz and you know bad directions. But but it was cool because they just recently got that warehouse I, I call it a warehouse it's more of a shop but it's not like a retail shop it's like a what would you call that like a, a chop shop i guess but basically like yeah like, a, know, like a, it's a, it's their building shop yeah where they put everything together and build everything and they haven't had that terribly long so it was really cool to go and see that um yeah and no, see everything was, in action man the, watching that cnc machine was wild man i think was so cool it's like just just a little robot doing all these cool cuts and yeah, so Stuff. you got two racks. You already got those set up and ready to go. I already got I already got one almost completely full. My V70 has one slot left for that rat oh, snake wow. I'm getting from Billy. I'm sitting here staring at mine. I'm waiting on my bedding to come in, and I have to do a pretty gigantic rearrangement of my room. Yeah. The tannin bar scrub is gone. He went to Dr. Wyman today, got there safe and sound. And, of course, he posts pictures of his kid handling it like it's nothing. No, he did not. Yeah. How old is his kid? This is oldest. I think 15. Oh, my goodness. Maybe not that old. I don't know. But, wow. yeah, he's like, dude, this thing's super chill. And I was like, give it time. No, it's not. Give it time. It's just delirious from its travels oh is what I told him. I was God. like, get ready. Give that's it some time to rest and, and get its bearings. Maybe it just hates you. It's going to be a freaking face ripper. I mean, that's what Phil said. Phil said it was fine for him so maybe it was just you maybe you never know i don't know so but yeah i know i had high hopes for that that whole thing and pursuing that but i've just come to the realization that finding a female for that is is likely not going to happen anytime soon uh travis is part of the uh raps organization which this animal is going to be sort of a part of which i thought was cool so as soon as travis was like hey you know I want the tannin bar. We were like, absolutely. Like, who better to to do that? Because his same that the same his oldest uh, was supposed to get a I think a bar neck 
uh, a while back, and that didn't happen. And I know Travis posted about it saying he was kind of a little nervous about, you know, your teenage child dealing with a three-meter bar neck. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot, that's of, a snake. lot of snake. So this works out perfectly because yeah. it's tiny. Well, tiny, in, I guess, in terms of scrubs. but Man, they still got to reach, though, man. Yeah. That thing, boy. Those things are wild. You never, you don't, you th- you think you know reach on a scrub until, like, you you actually have one in your hand. There were multiple well, times when one, one takes was, several shots yeah. at you. You don't. You, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous, man. Was, you, I give it three quarters of their body length. Easy. Yeah, there was multiple Easy. times where I was like cleaning the cage or something. He was perched up on something, just waiting, and I'm like, "There's no way you can hit me from here." Yeah. And I mean, he would come like inches away from yeah. grabbing me, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Yeah, dude. That's it really. Insane. I don't. Maybe it's just like the Amazon Trebo thing where you're like, "Yeah, they can reach, but it's kind of lazy and half-assed and stuff." So uh, I was like, scrubs aren't half-assed. Scrubs are freaking heat-seeking missile, dude. Man, the uh, Amazons might be a little bit more half-assed because like Amazons that. You remember that half-assed. one that snuck me? Yeah. I think it just yeah. came up. It was all chill. Super came up to my hand. Yeah. I think sucked. I hate Amazon. Nah, they're cool, but. No, they're a little bit more half-assed. Scrubs, nah, man. Like you said, heat-seeking missiles, they will just go ham. My Southern Echo, he is, oh, he's something else, man. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's a dick. And I don't know. Like, it's one of those, there's kind of in this funny position now where I'm sort of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, not that I didn't enjoy the Tannin Bar at all, because it was a very cool snake. It was very interesting to to play around with it and, and you know keep and interact with but uh i wanted him to go to someone who was gonna put some some good initiative into finding a girl and helping to to bring that species back into the hobby because that was one that used to get imported all the time from what you know harlan's told me and over time they've just kind of dwindled because i mean scrubs are kind of in a, a boom right now personally i think they're kind of on the other side of that boom like they've sort of peaked and now people are kind of realizing like this is this is a it's a lot a of snake a bit much yeah so. no they definitely um they hit a high note for a while and you know i think it was good um i definitely i think some people found a new love for scrub pythons for sure along with it and that that's amazing but overall it was um yeah i think a lot of people moved into them they were like yeah. mm-hmm. you know but it's just that, like, it was it was cool. It's just that's a species, like I said, I would have loved to have found a female, but then, so I have the other stuff going on with, like, the Asian rats, you know, yeah. the Dion's and the Bairds, and now I'm, like, super getting getting really hard and heavy in the, in the corns again. Yeah, um, you're, hitting, you're hitting that hard. So it's, it's one of those things, like, the Brettles are going to go. My male Brettles is gone. He went back to my buddy John Calloway, which yeah. was a bummer. Uh, but it had to happen. It's just one of those things that I'm sure everyone at some point or another comes to that crossroads where it's like they can either keep the stuff, like the the individual animals that they they really don't want to part with, but when you also need that space for stuff you're focusing on as far as breeding and moving forward with things, you kind of have to make that tough decision. Right. So bar's gone. Male Brettles is gone. Jance and I are going to go into the Black Box XT4 that the scrub was yeah. in. I got a UV bulb from them when we were up there. I got yeah. that installed. I got to get it plugged and everything. And then you brought that cypress mulch. Yep. So my plan is to pull out some of that, try and let it dry out some, put it in the cage, get everything furnished, 
get the UV all set up, and then put Rock those guys roll. in there and let them rip. Uh, according to Facebook, I've had those exactly a year as of today. That's wild, man. Feels like it's been a lot longer. Really? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, those are cool. So that's one that yeah. I'm like, as far as like the harder, more difficult species to kind of dial in. I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave my focus. You know, is with them. And then the corn thing, I don't know, man. Like, I, I hatched those locality corns, the local ones to me, and it kind of, I don't know. ignited a fire. It brought back a lot of sort of nostalgia for me because, you know, I was my, me and my dad bred those when I was a kid for a couple of years, and it was a blast. And it's just, it's the stuff that's just so simple. You don't have to, like. It's fun. Yeah. It's just really enjoyable. And it's not like, right. you know, the chondros aren't going anywhere. Uh, I just I don't know. I'm focused on the on the rat snakes right now until the Jans and I and the chondros are kind of ready to go. And yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I hate having to rearrange my room again because I feel like I just <laughs> did that not that long ago. Yeah, and, you did. You know, I want to get more stuff from Black Box because. Yep. I like I said. I mean, yeah, I do some work for them, so I am biased. But I mean, if uh, that aside, their their products are freaking awesome. I mean, I don't work for Black Box, and I got two enclosures, and I can tell you those things are those things are bombing. I I really really like their stuff. Um, You know, their cages. If you've seen their cage, I don't know if anybody you know has seen their cages in person. You know, I've seen Justin's, and obviously I was at the warehouse, so I saw a bunch of cages there. And man, they're just. They're just amazing quality. They look really nice. They're affordable. You know, I compare them to a lot of other places, and they, for the quality that you're getting, and on top of that, they are more affordable than I'd say 95% of rat companies out there. You, you did know? do some pretty serious. I homework. I did a lot. I did a lot of numbers with all that because I, you know I take this I take this stuff seriously, and I want to find a company that I can get pretty much all my stuff from, and I really think Black Box is gonna be it. Um, the nice know, thing is, is they're they're close enough. Like, yeah, it's a bit yeah, of a drive. It's a drive, but it's not so far that it's not something that's like you have to take a whole weekend to go do. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know, because we, you know, don't get wrong. Like, we if left we did, at eight thirty. We got back at like eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. Don't get wrong. Like, if we could work it out to where like we could go see some people over there, you know, maybe go see. Head up a little earlier, go see Steve Spear or something, mm-hmm. you know, and then go down to Black Box All and the crash for the night. Yeah, Casey hang out Cannon. with Casey, yeah. you know, and make a, you know, a one day trip out of it. That would be ideal, you know, because I really want to work it to where we can just bring like a little U-Haul and then like mm-hmm. bring back a lot of stuff. Or even know, better, drive up there the day before and then stay somewhere, stay with Cannon, whatever. And then as we're leaving go by there and grab yeah. it then it's not sitting in the bed of the truck but right it was a it was a trip yeah it was cool though i enjoyed it was, it. Uh, it was definitely worth it though the gas to get there was over half the price to uh ship so that was mm-hmm. definitely um definitely worth it for us long trip it was under wrong. half or over half? It was under half. Okay. You just said over, and I was like, what? Did I say over? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we didn't spend that much on gas. Well, well I it meant was like, like... two tanks. Like we st- no, I, yeah, because I, I filled up I filled up when we left. I, I filled up with a quarter tank when we left, and then you filled me up with a quarter tank when we left Georgia. Oh, I got you. So, you know, it, it was roughly 100 bucks, 80, 40 bucks, or mm-hmm. 
80 bucks in gas. And yeah. So shipping would have been a whole lot more than that. So almost triple. But I mean, you know, with stuff like that and, and people often complain and, you know, maybe that's the reason they go with AP and stuff is like that's the that's the cheapest option. And yeah, it is nice to try and save where you can. But when you have a lead time where you have no idea when you're going to actually get that rack, I don't know about you, but I would I would rather go ahead and just fork over the money and get it sooner rather than later and see like yeah ap you know it's gonna be expensive regardless it's too. not ap's not that i don't i didn't really compare ap prices because i don't even look at ap's stuff nowadays you know but uh, i looked at people that compete with ap and they beat the people that compete with ap i'm not gonna name names because i don't want to call anybody out but you know because i'm not calling anybody out i'm just you know saying what he i looked into a smart shopper yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I mean, again, I didn't look at AP stuff, but, you know, I guess shipping is a big thing you have to take into consideration with that. Um, but, you know, again, it works out for us because we can pick them up pick up there in uh, Budford, Georgia. So if you're in the southeast, you know, look at making a, a trip over to uh, pick them up if mm-hmm. you want. It's like I said, no matter who you go with, I think shipping is going to be the it's yeah, like it's like when killer, you order man. mice. Yeah, you know? it's like the mice aren't expensive. It's that extra fifty dollars in in shipping that's what yeah, sucks, fuck. and that's why you have to make it worthwhile. Yeah. You know. Yep, and that's why you you need to fill up a box. You know, I'll pack a box, slap full. I try not to get two boxes because of, because of shipping adds extra hundred dollars if you get two mm-hmm. boxes. So I slam pack um, a box full of you know literally they will say like your package is ninety seven percent full. Literally couldn't put a bag of pinkies in there if i wanted to you know and but yeah it's just no matter how you slice it that's always going to be a big factor in the price of the racks and stuff and yeah. you know check out black box don't don't check out black box just you know we all shop around yeah shop yeah. around do i know research. i we're always looking at and all the different options and stuff like we were looking at vision racks for they have rodent racks now that mm-hmm. we were kind of peeking at and you know, Billy's big on the ARS stuff and all that, so... And see, like, the ARS and Freedom Breeder stuff, you can't deny that those are the best best racks money can buy. Like, those are the best racks you can buy in the hobby, in my opinion. You, I, you can't but even compare them, I think, because it's a completely different yeah, style. Yeah, because like, it's, it's a whole... It's a style in and of its own, but, like, it, they are stupid expensive. They are very, very expensive. And, like, but that that's the thing. If you can afford it and or if you can save up and get one, then you should because they're 1,000% worth the money. Like, I'm not saying they're not worth the money. They're just out of my range for what, you know, I'm doing right now. And, you know, it's, I don't know. But th- those are absolutely the best racks in the industry. Freedom Breeder, Breeder mm-hmm. and ARS, you know, they're very, very similar companies. But uh, when, I'm, when I'm shopping for, for racks or cages, I'm definitely trying to think long term. You know, yeah. I want to I wanna be smart and get something that I know I'm going to use indefinitely with you know different animals rotating as far as things grow out and that's why like that xr16 you got is nice because it's modular in a sense to where you get those smaller tubs and then as the animal grows it's meant to fit bigger tubs just less of them so you can like swap it out as they go and it's like that's genius because now when your corns and the pituovas and stuff all outgrow that rack you don't have to go crap now i have to buy another rack it's like no i just have to get these tubs and and upgrade them and i mean eventually yeah adults they will need to go into like a v70 or something but right you're looking at like what two years 
Yeah. Maybe the pits will probably grow a little faster. Than yeah, that, the pits maybe, you know. And I'm actually going to, you know, I'm going to leave the, the V70s for pits, you know. And, and some rat snakes and corns will get in the V70s. But I really want to push to keeping most of the rat snakes and water snakes in, um, in, in, in actual, like, um, cages. You know, something mm-hmm. like a three by two by two. Because rat snakes, man, you know, they do fine racks. They do amazing racks. But, like, they take every opportunity to climb that they can. They're just like carpets in that way, you know. Will they do absolutely fine racks? Yeah. They'll do great, you know. They'll they'll be just fine. But if you give them the opportunity to climb and perch and bask, you know, they'll 1,000% do that. So even though, yeah, it's a rat snake, you know, I would like to do that for my animals and that's kind of what i'm saving up for next is going to be another v70 from black box and i want to try out two of the three by two by two cages from them set up a couple rat snakes and some water snakes and uh see how it goes super excited where do you stand on the on the whole like there's a a handful well i guess there's a, a group because we're in the middle of a shift, I think, in herpetoculture, where now people are um, the European model versus the American model, which is European is like the smaller collections, but they have like just decked out, super awesome naturalistic setups mm. versus the American model, which is kind of like what we do. Yeah. Where it's like all about space efficiency and conservancy and you're trying to right. get as much in the room as you can like i i sit on the fence with it because i feel like i'm like i'm i i straddle the fence of like that older generation that's that's like you know this is what we've been doing no one's really had any major issues it's been working but then i also straddle the thing of like i look at some of my beards that could definitely use to be bumped up Mm-hmm. into like a v70 which they will be as soon right. as i get that in the room and it's like i do want to give them more and there are species that i think need more and they don't you know racks aren't the best route to go right you know, ganisoma being a good good one um mm. cyania you know the, any of the boiga i think those do better in, in sort of cages where they have a little more space like and see though you say cage versus rack like it all depends on your rack because you know we have tubs that are you know, 34 inches long, you know, 18 inches wide and 18 inches tall. You know, they're 210 quarts. You can make a rack out of that thing, and that's just about just as good as a 3 by 2 cage. You know, granted, it's not the exact same dimensions, but, like, it ain't far. And, you know, something bigger that likes to be able to climb, you can make out a rack out of something like I that. I just mean something you know, like, like Christmas in, in ratio to right. sort of what the, you know. Like, I could keep yeah. the Bairds in a in a one of those 200 quart tubs and they'd love it but i also you know i have some that are in 32s and they're doing fine too and it's not like they're outgrowing to where they're you know they can't stretch out at all or anything like that like they 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 do fine in that they just they will use that extra room when i give it to them so it's like one of those things where that I, i constantly go back and forth on this whole subject as far as that you know everybody should do better kind of thing Versus the, you know, if it ain't broke, there's no need to fix it. It's a very hard spot to kind of be in because I, I, I agree with both sides. He, but I disagree with both sides too, to an extent. I think it's a lot more, it's not nearly as cut and dry as you should be doing it with racks or you should be doing it with naturalistic setups or bigger setups. Right. Um, I think it's like if, if the species does better in a cage, then do a cage. 
if the species yeah. does great and you have better success in a rack, like some of the montane Asian stuff, bamboo rats and whatnot that Matt Mose does, I'm sure those do phenomenal in a rack because you like yeah. according to Casey, he never sees his. It's always buried. Like that's a species that's probably going to do great in a rack, a bigger, you know, like and a B70 size tub for adults, but that's dark and enclosed and you know, that just that fits those. Yeah, and like you can look at like um talk to uh talk to Nipper Reed about uh northern pines. So a lot of pituophas like pituophas are big time burrowers you know and i i know i i I was talking to nipper about this and he had his pines in these big elaborate you know four by two enclosures you know adult northern pines you know northern pines get big you know if you know if you know northern pines you know how big they get and um he said he was constantly having problems with them rubbing their noses all throughout the cage like all over the glass they were constantly running going all over the place rubbing 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 he put them in a V70, just more of simple bare bones thing, and because like they were getting to the point where rubbing like their noses like raw, yeah, you know, and they just stuck them in a rack and they completely stopped rubbing, started eating fine, and went back to complete normal, you know, and it's so it's one of those things that it's very obvious, like you know, some animals do better in racks, and it might be some individuals do better, you know, because there might be there's probably a northern pine out there in a great big old four by two cage that does just fine you know but so i'm sure it plays versus the individual but you know where i stand with it is i i enjoy both and i don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. obviously there is if your animals aren't thriving in the environment that you give them but you know as far as rack versus cage like it's it's very obvious that you know both work for you know what we keep and that's that's the important part like me i want to start doing some of the bioactive stuff you know like i said i want to set mm-hmm. up some three by twos three by two by twos for rat snakes and water snakes and you know give them the you know isopods and you know whatever you know all that stuff to do more of a bioactive thing you know have a couple live plants in there granted i'll probably do potted plants but you know we'll see and set up basking areas and big old water dishes, you know, UVB, all that stuff, you know. It's like I want to start doing that because, you know, it is there is an enjoyment in that. But I'm always going to have animals and racks because, no, I, I you know, eventually, like, over years, like, yeah, it would be amazing to have all of my adult colubrids or all my adult carpets, whatever, in these big elaborate cages. Granted, for babies, I will not do it. You know, I might have a yeah. cage or two like set up just on display and kind of rotate animals in and out as they grow. You know, that's cool and all, but like it's unrealistic to to be a breeder and expect to have cages for every single animal. Now, unless you cohabitate, which a lot of people do cohabitate, um, baby colubrids like little rat snakes, water snakes, things like that. You know, so I guess in that case, if you did that, you know, it wouldn't be impossible to have a cage for an entire clutch, but it's also proven that, you know, babies don't always do the best in setups like that right off the rip, you know, and they just, you know, a lot of times they just do better in tubs and that goes back to, you know, just doing what's best for, you know, your animals and no right or wrong way to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's been issue. clear for years that you know adult rat snakes do fine in racks but they also do fine in cages same with carpets adult mm-hmm. carpets do fine in racks but they also do fine in four foot cages you know yeah and, it's just it's it's 
you know, people say, you know, yeah, it's breeding, it's eating, it's, it's physically, it's healthy and everything seems fine. Right. It's like, but is it thriving? And it's like, we'll never know unless we find out some technology yeah. to jump into the brains of these animals and read their thoughts. If such a thing existed, right? You know, it's we're not gonna know, and that's my my biggest issue is like the freaking care police telling me that the way I'm keeping my chondros is <laughs> is not right because they think that yeah. it should be done this way, and it's like, look, I've been doing this, it works, I have no issues, they are fine, yeah. You know, it's like I I think the like the measuring stick should be. You know, yeah, if they're doing great in Iraq, awesome. If they're doing great in a cage, awesome. If you've got a snake that's super sick, has mites, has an RI, has all this other stuff, and you're not doing anything about it, that's where the problem lies. Right. You know, when, you, when you're just not doing anything about it, and the, there's clearly an issue somewhere in your, in your setup or, mm. you know, I guess even the animal to an extent. Um, you know, it's just do what, do what you want to do. Yeah. Just do right, you know, do make right sure the animal's the animals. healthy. Yeah, that's See, really I wasn't even going to say that because people are going to be like, well, doing right by the animals is giving them an 8 by 6 enclosure for a adult corn snake. Yeah, well. I just, I don't I I understand I, it. I, I, my thing is at the end of the day, no matter what, you're putting them in a box. Right. That At the end of the day, you're putting them in a freaking box. Like, that's... If you really want to preach to me about how I'm keeping my stuff, go let all yours go in their natural habitat. Don't actually do that because that's yeah. <laughs> you know, they're captive animals and you don't need to do that. But if if you're gonna judge me about how I keep animals, you shouldn't keep animals at all. You know, period. They, like they, at the end is. of the day, you're putting them in a box. You know, racks work, cages work. You know, Whatever. as long as the animals are healthy. You know, granted, like yeah, it might be like oh they do better in this. Like and yeah, that's that's but great. You still and don't know that. Yeah, you Still, know, because like, just because you, yeah, I don't know. just because you see them climbing and using branches and stuff like they normally would, when Does in Iraq, it, you're not yeah. going to see that because it's not there. Doesn't necessarily Do mean they, that. It's yeah, better. we don't know that they don't. They might not give a give a shit. They might just be like, okay, okay, that's fine. I'll just chill on the ground. Unless you want to like, go with my approach, which is just let them free roam around the house. Yeah. No, I told I had you know obviously everybody gets the question dude, the uh, freaking jokes that people dude, like dude, I get cracked on so around. much now. Oh dude, I get oh and my god. I mean I kind of deserve it, so I just take it and then laugh. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. I get I always get asked that though when people yeah, know I have things. Do you just let them roam around your house? I'm like, "No." I think it's like a cat or something. Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine one time. They're like, you're like, "Are they like in your house or like do you let them outside?" I was like, yeah, I actually, they all live outside, and then whenever it's time to eat, I walk out on my front porch, and I go, and I just throw throw out rodents to them all, and they eat, you know, like, no, they're in freaking cages. They take the bucket of mice and just chuck it into the pit. Yeah, chuck it in there. It's a complete (laughs) free-for-all. I've heard that free-for-all is brutal. Start placing bets on who's going to be the last man standing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like Thunderdome. It's so the I think the the end the the that whole thing should should end with do whatever you need to do to keep that species comfortably. Yep. Now whether that means you got a Boellens that needs like something big to move around, awesome. Whether that means you got a rough green snake 
that needs something small but well planted, awesome. If you need a carpet, or if you got you a little know, samboa that whatever. needs a small little rack and some places to burrow, because like samboas are a perfect example of racks. Like I don't waste a cage on a samboa. Like they're not they're not going to use it because they literally burrow all the uh, time. They climb around at night. I've seen when I had some in the past. I'd see them like in the corners of the tank. Oh, using yeah. the rubber and like climbing up and well i mean I like know, even in tubs because like you've seen you saw all my setups today like i give them mm -hmm. places the places to climb things to perch up on you know you can do that stuff in tubs people i just that's because that, that also sort of ties into the whole like enrichment thing mm -hmm. which i'm also like very much on the fence about like yeah these animals are probably smarter than we give them credit for but at the same time we're not keeping primates like what I do as far as enrichment goes, and I think that's that's kind of the issue with it, at least from what I see and in my opinion, is that people think enrichment means they have to go like way over the top and above and beyond and like build freaking, you know, jungle gyms or something out, you know, outside in their backyard. That's what you would use for a small child or something. And it's you like know, if you want to do that, like if you want to do that, that's cool. Awesome. Go build a little jungle gym in your backyard for your snakes to go climb around the sun. But I also think it's, awesome, it's just as simple as multiple hides. Yeah. Taking the shed of, an, like, some with the Bairds sometimes. I'll yeah. just take another shed and throw it in there, and I just watch them, like, go crazy. Yeah. Another thing I do that helps get the gears turned a little bit is I'll take a cardboard box, like a like a snack bar box or something. I save those because I use them for hides. Uh, and, like, seal it up, like, close it up, but then cut a little hole in it and put a mouse in there. And then they have to physically, like, try and find it. So that's... that's, that's I think there's small stuff that you can do that helps with enrichment, but I just, like I said, I'm not sure that I'm 100% on board with the just crazy over-the-top, you know, um, interdimensional, you know, setups. And once again, that's another thing where some species are probably going to benefit from that more than others. Like a blood python probably isn't going to need multiple levels in a cage. The right. Jance and I, or a scrub or something, right. most definitely, definitely would Definitely would, would, yeah, take advantage so. of it. And that's the thing. It's all about knowing your species and what you keep and knowing their, you know, what they can and can't take, you know? And I don't know, I just, man. I don't think it has to be a big thing. I think it can be, you know, a culmination of no. regular small things that help. And that's the thing. It's just like, as long as your animals are healthy, like, that's... At the end of the day, keep healthy animals, and you know, as long as you are keeping them the way they should be, no matter how that is, you know, you're hitting all the parameters. Then, you know, granted, I don't like. I don't think everything should be bare minimum. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that. Like, yes, outside I use, of quarantine, I use racks. Yeah, quarantine. Yeah, bare freaking minimum. But like outside of racks, like I deck out all my tubs. I give them places to perch. I give them hides. Give them, you know, all the all the necessities, all the good stuff. You know, I, it's not just a, a a tub with aspen and a water dish. Like I, I do a little bit more with it, you know, because I do enjoy doing that. But at the same time, I also know that racks work really well. So I don't know. I'm that's using. just something that's been talked about a lot within the last couple months, and since you haven't been on the show or. No, I was curious if you've seen any of it and what's your uh, sort of where you stood with it. But that's where I'm at with it, man. Just 
do both. Uh, I mean, you know, do one or the other or whatever. I don't, I don't care. Like just, like I said, have healthy animals. I'm going to be having both. I'm always going to have rack systems, but I want to deck out some awesome cages for my animals. And eventually over time, have all my adults in cages. That would be the end goal. But you know, at the end of the day, adults are still going to do fine in a V70. So. Word. That's it. So you got a big old box yeah, from our I was buddy about to say, Chris I didn't, Payne. I didn't get today. to. We didn't get to talk about my box, my what, Chris box. What'd you get in the big old Badlands box? Uh, big old Badlands box. Uh, I got a. I got six snakes total, which was cool. That's probably the biggest shipment of snakes I've ever gotten. I think Ooh. it is actually all the most snakes I've ever gotten at one time. Um, so that's pretty cool. But I got a pair of albino Florida pines, which are just out of this world. They are absolutely incredible. Um, one's a lot more red um, and like a darker pink. The other one's more white with a really light pink. Um, just absolutely gorgeous animals. Um then I got a pair of San Diego gophers, one of which is a striped albino. And it's actually a double albino visual. It's um, Bechtel albino. And I can't remember the other name off the top of my head because there's several of them. Chris gave me a lot of information. Um, so it's got the two. The albino is a double visual striped um for you know the double albino and striped and then i got a triple het for stripe and the two line of albinos um so that's a pair should throw some really interesting stuff in the future when they would breed absolutely gorgeous man oh my gosh the purples on that uh san diego are just insane right by their head i love albino gophers i always have um, anything albino and pituophis is awesome. These are actually some of the first albino snakes I've ever had, too, which is neat. Um, so, yeah, the pair of pines, pair of gophers, and then I also got a little morph corn snake project. Yeah, so I jumped on that gun, too. Got a, got a uh, female, no, yeah, female anery tessera. And a male annery in their het for motley striped um, hypo and another one I can't remember. That's like two. They're super he's, heads. He's just he's been producing yeah. so stupid, much cool stuff, stupid man. Good, man. Dude, did, you see, did you get a good look at that uh, that te- Anery test raise at me? Not like a good look. Oh yeah, is that a striped striped tessera? Yeah, it's a tessera. Full stripe boy. That thing. Mm. I think that might be a tessera stripe. What do, what do you mean? I thought it was just a tessera, this and it was just a nice tessera. I don't know. I don't know. Might be a molly tessera, because the molly tessera is thorough. No, because that would have, mm-hmm. like, the triple stripe, the tri-stripe. It's just a real good-looking tessera, man. It's An- anery. Man, anery anything. It's yeah. Just, I don't know what it is. I love the anerys, man. That's my little normal. I, uh, he sent me a, a normal 
Tessera. That's really nice looking too. So. Yeah, see, they our Tesseras look almost exactly like mine. Just Anery, so that's just a normal Anery mm. Tessera. I don't know. We'll have to double check. Oh my gosh, these Florida pines, though, man, just ugh. all of the, all the stuff I got from Chris today is just amazing. I love this albino San Diego. I'm trying to convince Chris ugh. to do the corn ugh. snake show with me. I'm trying to get a corn snake podcast back and going because no one's doing corn snake podcasts anymore. They call it corn stars. Corn stars. Yeah, I just love the the neck stripes like right yeah. behind the head that look almost yeah. clear. That's a good yeah. shot of that. Those are wild. Oof. Ooh-wee. So. Yep. Yeah, perfect. I got corn fever right now. Yeah, man. So I'm coming home with, yeah, and then also I'm bringing home the two corns from you tonight. Oh, that's right. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm going to have a total of four corns tonight, as of tonight, and then I'm hopefully going to be getting another pair come September. But we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Are you not gonna jinx it and talk about it? But yeah, we'll see. Does this? Are you shooting for anything at Daytona now that you got some of this other stuff? No, I am getting. I am getting a pair of Ponchatoula, Louisiana. I think that's how you pronounce it, Ponchatoula. I have no idea. It's a place Ponchatoula. in Louisiana. I think it's Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Um, locality: Broadband of Waters and some Dixie County Band of Waters, both from Chris Montross. So I'm picking those up in Daytona, and I've already got some other stuff in the works. So I'm really not planning on getting anything in Daytona because um, I gotta gotta hold off for all the all the other stuff I got going on that I'm super excited about. But again, just gotta kind of wait to talk about that until it happens because I don't know if it is yet. So I'm waiting. But yeah, super excited mm-hmm. about the Nerodia. Um, the I dude, oh, I'm just freaking pumped for those things. I mean, it's something you've been talking I'm about so for a while excited. too. It's cool yeah. that you're kind of now in a position to where you can sort of dive in. Yeah, no, no pun intended, because they're water snakes. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, those are no, all you, buddy. It's, it's been yeah, I've been talking about wanting to do these for pretty much since we started i've always talked about how much i love nerodia and now how i want some and then here three years later or two years later however long it's been where uh i'm finally getting some and two pairs at that and super cool ones man oh my god i don't even know which ones i like more but the dixie counties are just i love that it's just that really dark red that they have and just ugh. Yeah, because so. I did a little post before the show saying what should we talk about, and our buddy Ryan Cox said talk about water snakes. He said diamondback water it. snakes are badass. Yeah, I absolutely love diamondback rock, uh, water snakes. Um, those are on the radar for diamondback rock snakes. Diamondback rock snakes. Yeah, diamondback water snakes. I caught so many diamondback water snakes when I lived in uh, Texas. Oh my gosh, and they get huge. They are one of the biggest species in Nerodia. They are absolutely massive. Um, those are on next year's radar. Once I get these bandits, I'm going to be looking for diamondbacks, browns, and red bellies. Those are going to be my next three and probably some of my last three as far as the water snakes go. Cause I would like a, a plethora. I also will probably end up with some, uh, some other cool bandits from Chris Montross, but we'll see. Those are future acquisitions, but yeah. Once I get these four, 
Diamondbacks will definitely be high on the list, followed by Browns and Red Bellies. Um, amazing animals. There's I'm really just excited. So I'm just really, yeah, dude. If you guys, you guys need to check out um, Chris Montross. I know I've talked about him. A We've had him on the show. Before. We've had we him on the show. We need to have him on the show again. Yes. Um, what if go we did listen. an all Nerodia Power Hour? I don't know. If, did we talk dude, about he would Nerodia love it. That first we did. Round? We talked about Nerodia a good bit, but like if we did all Nerodia. He does so much stuff. Because that's like that's really what he works with most is mm-hmm. banded water snakes I and think learning. Isn't he planning on going even harder into those too? Yeah, you no, know, he's, he's just growing more with down. bandits. Yeah, he's doubling down with bandits specifically. Um, I've been talking to him a lot recently. Y'all need to go check out his page, Dark Horse Herpeticulture. Um, you know, dude, it people write Nerodia off as these just like trash you know, marsh snakes that are just mean and musk. But, dude, you need to They're go look dirty. at his page. No, dude, you need to go look at his page and look at some of the stuff he's got because they are absolutely incredible. Some of the some of the different localities that he have has are just out of this world pretty. Like, so literally some of the most beautiful snakes ever, dude. You got you to gotta check them out. They're absolutely There are gorgeous. some that are very pretty. I just, I don't know, like, Maybe it's just because my experience with water snakes, like out herping, oh, yeah. has never been Don't great. Don't so like, Why would anybody want to keep out these? and out and out in the wild, man? Oh yeah, they're they're nasty. They bite and they're just I don't know. They're just always like dirty and smelly. Yeah, and, yeah they always stink. I just, they always stink. But the, so do rat snakes. Do you ever catch? You ever catch skunk. a freaking yellow rat around here and not walk away stinking? I haven't. <laughs> I did the other night. <laughs> you stayed at the house. And I got up because I had left some baby bears in with some fuzzies to try and get them to yeah. eat. And so then I uh, I was telling Jake, and uh, I don't even know if I want to tell it, because I walked in and one of the small oh. hypo <laughs> bears had his head sticking out from a little tiny gap next to the handle in a rack. And so, of course, I was like, okay, now I got to move you. I swear, you guys, this isn't, this isn't a regular thing. Oh I know what I'm God. doing. But, of course, it's like 1 in the morning. It is a regular thing, though. <laughs> I'm in my damn underwear, and I have to grab him, and he musks me all over the place. Oh, like, man. Now I get to go to bed smelling like Baird's musk. Nice. So. Nice. That was a nice parting gift. Yeah. I've got some, man. I, like, everyone talks about how calm Baird's are and stuff. I've got some that are just nut jobs. Like, they're not yeah. bitey or anything like that. They're just spazzes. Like, as soon as you touch them, they're like, oh, I got to freak out and fly yeah. out the tub and musk on everything and... Spread it everywhere. My gray rats. It's frustrating. My white oaks. Like, I've got some that are super chill and bit, don't but care. But I've got a couple, like two in particular, three in particular, that it's like you touch them and they're like, gone. Hell no. Later. Yeah. No, luckily mine are, most of mine are pretty good. My pits get, dude, other than my forks, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They are, dude. They will be the death of me. Those snakes hate me so much. But at least they're easier to deal with than Echo. Pituofas are just clumsy. and I swear, though, they bite at nothing. Like, today, <laughs> he literally... She, the female just, like, turned around and was, like, looking straight up at the, like, the ceiling and was, like, striking <laughs> into the air. Then it looked down at the tub and, like, strike the aspen. I'm like, what are you even doing right now? Yeah. Like, are you just being stupid? Stop. Jeez. Freaking out, man. It took me so long just to get her in her stupid tub. 
because like they were talking we were talking in the group chat the other day how a lot of pits are just all bluff and they won't mm-hmm. actually bite you nah bro Nah, these will lay into you the second you give them a chance, boy. Guarantee it. Hmm. They're pissed all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I just maybe maybe my days with with pissy snakes for the most part are kind of just over. I'm just like it seems like over time, and it's actually kind of interesting because it's sort of same thing happens with cigars. Like taste change over time. Your palate changes over time. Absolutely. So like you may start out, you know, scrub, scrub, scubs. And then as you get older, you're like, you know, these things are just getting to be kind just, of a they're pain. not. Yeah, they're kind of just like you You just sort of realize, you know, OK, they're, they were fun, but it's time to move on. Same with cigars. Like some people start out really liking the light stuff. And over time, they're like, this just doesn't do it for me anymore. So right. they move on to heavier stuff and vice versa. And so yeah. I feel like that's kind of where I'm at is like, yeah, I got the Condros and the, the Boiga and stuff. But now it's it's like almost like a not necessarily a retirement <laughs> but you get old and you just want you just want the the easy going stuff. Man, you over here talking like you've been you've been around for uh, forty yeah. years. Damn. I'm ready to Jeez. slow down. Oh, damn it! It's not. I guess settling sort of. Yeah. I don't know. Like I got the no. rhino rats. I love the rhino rats. That has become one of my favorite yeah. species. Like that is one of very few snakes that I feel compelled to take out and play with on a regular basis. You know, we were watching Chris and Bill Bradley, uh, yeah, Brain Radio. Brain, yeah. Like I was sitting on the in the chair with just, the, the rhino rat just rhino hanging rhino out. Rat, yeah. yeah, no, and he was just cool, so cool, man. man. So I really, I would like to pursue those more. And um, yeah, you know, the beards and the corns and the Dion's and it's just like Condros are Condros just, still there. I still love yeah. Condros. It's just I don't like I have what I have and I'm okay with that. Like I've, I'm just with pathogens and stuff i'm much more cautious about these kinds of things now i'm happy with the group i have and so i don't feel right. compelled to have to add anything new you know yeah that's where i'm at with carpets right now is you know i'm, I'm happy with what i have i'm going to be downsizing a little bit and getting a small much smaller more manageable group because yeah I, I do also have to think ahead like these are larger snakes and they are going to mm-hmm. need a, a bit of space eventually i'd like all my carpets to be in cages um, but I want a little bit smaller group and have, you know, but still hit all the spectrums. Cause you know, I, I still have all kinds of, man, I've got all kinds of IJs. I know I've been only been posting colubrids the last few days, but I haven't made that many posts since I've been back. But, um, yeah, I still have all kinds of IJs, man. I'm going to be moving a couple, um, to, you know, slim down on numbers a little bit. And I mean, I'm going to have to move some males cause I'm super male heavy, but not a bad thing. Um, so we'll see a lot of the babies will be growing up. They're getting bigger and, uh, I'm going to have a nice, nice plethora and produce some really nice carpets, you know, but once I slim down to where I want to be, you know, I'm going to just kind of coast with those, work with my group, raise them up and, uh, be able to produce some really, really nice stuff, um, in the future and, uh, get everything that sorted out. And then as far as the colubrids, like, you know, like you say with pathogens and different stuff like that, that's why I'm limiting who I buy stuff from. I'm not buying mm-hmm. from just anybody. I'm pretty much my colubrids. I'm buying from two people, Chris Montross and Chris Painjeb. Those are the two people I'm buying from because number one, I trust them and you know, they do, they do their due dil- diligence, you know, especially because 
Paint Shab has worked a lot with Montross, and you know he's got some of his stock. And Montross is pretty much the only person I trust for locality stuff. You know, as you know, because he's yeah, very, he he's backs a, up he's his very stuff. Meticulous about he's it. very meticulous, and you know, he he has caught most of his stock like himself, mm-hmm. so he knows exactly where it came from. He can give you the GPS coordinates of the freaking adults, you know, and so that's. To me, that that says a lot, and so you know, I, I want to trust what I'm getting because I take my locality stuff very seriously. So, you know, I'm pretty much getting from him, and then you know, some other stuff Chris uh, Shab has gotten from him that he's producing, and and other little morph stuff from Shab because I've got the bug, a little bit of a bug for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I'm super curious. Like I have some morphs, which I kind of it's sort of funny how like very quickly I, I love not that I didn't not like them before but like corn snake morphs like I got my stuff from JT at Silent Hill Reptiles that honey tester is freaking amazing oh my god that anery female is amazing um and I like I have my locality stuff which is sort of always going to be number one you know to me but I'm I really want to see what happens when we tie some of that stuff into you know my locality stuff and yeah that's sort of where the big experiment is and just be prepared for the backlash well, you're gonna I'm, have well, people that are like man you're putting no. locality in the morphs and I'm, I'm doing the billy not, hunt method i'm not saying it's wrong i'm not saying it's no, wrong right. i'm just letting I'm, you know i'm saying billy does it uh, the way that's like perfect to where you're like you're doing both in a sense with the, like his carpondros so he's still doing working with his like peterson stuff and whatnot like he's keeping the carpet stuff carpet stuff but then he has like an extra pair or he has an extra male chondro and an extra female carpet and he's doing that too right so that's sort of where i'm coming from with that like i'm i still have plenty of i have 2.2 on the locality stuff so i have plenty of animals to keep that going right i just want to see what happens when i tie in some of that yeah no for sure because that's how you that's how you get some of that funky looking, you know, that's how you change the morphs, you it's know, also for pure it's, enjoyment. yeah. And you know, it's just corn. fun. It's, it's experimenting, awesome. you know, and, and dude, that's the biggest thing with colubrids right now for me is like, they're just fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they are just fun snakes. I, re- I just truly enjoy them. You know, I was playing with all the, all the stuff I got today. I was taking pictures of them, holding them and it's just, it was so fun. I felt like a little kid again, getting all these, getting all these little snakes in, you know. And I guess the pines aren't that little, but you know. Um, but yeah, man, I just, it's awesome. Yeah, I really, I really love the stuff. Really love what's going on. I'm hopefully about to trade some, uh, some babies for a few more morph pits. Um, you know, I will be going outside of the people. You know, the two people I buy most of my stuff from, as far as colubrids go. But you know, another trustworthy guy. As long as everything works out. Um, but then, yeah, got a lot of locality stuff coming in. Yeah, obviously, I'm gonna get your corns. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on some locality corns from Montross, and then I really want to find some nice, um, nice Okatees. Um, more locality rat snakes coming. I'm really like locality stuff is definitely king for me. Obviously, you know, I'm really, I really, you know, enjoy that side of obviously of things. But what do you are you breeding anything? Not right now. No, I'm gonna. Well, I still like, need. What's your plan for this upcoming season? Like, I don't know yet. Spring? I'm probably. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and cool um, the albino pines and my fork line gophers. 
I'm going to cool those. I don't think I'm going to pair them up after brumation, um, but I want to prep them for the year after. You're not going to pair the forks? No, I'm probably not going to pair them. Oh, I'd, like okay. to give, I'd like to give them another year yeah. um, just to fatten up a little bit. But I do want to get them in the, the mindset mm-hmm. the of rotation. cooling down, getting into that rotation. Because ideally, I would like to start cooling all my colubrids after their first winter. You know, feed them through the first winter just to beef them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then from there on out, start cooling them every winter because I think that will make better breeders in the future. Granted might take a little longer to get the breeding size, but at the same time, that doesn't matter to know, me. You know, I'm not really trying to push them super them fast. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think it does either if you do it correctly. Cause you know, because you, you know, you asked Pain Shab, and like when I cooled my stuff last year, the Bairds and whatnot, they were all still active yeah. during the day. Yeah. So I don't think that it necessarily slows them down. I think if anything, it actually sort of keeps them on a steady track because it's a natural. Right. It's a natural cycle, yeah, you cycle know, of hormones so. and stuff like that. So I, I yeah, I would do it like right from the get go, but I would like to take that first winter to you know feed them up a little bit, mm-hmm. get a little bit more meat on the bones, get them off pinkies, you know. Well, I also it's a good opportunity to to load up on feeders. At least yeah. for, for yeah. me and, and us, you know. Cause yeah, because that's another thing that, you know, we haven't talked about yet is I'm getting into the feeder thing with you and starting to work with you on Smith that a little arms. bit. And Smith Farms. Get it. Um, so like that was an excellent yeah. opportunity to really load up. And that yeah. last, I mean, I just now recently got out, got through the stuff that I, like, froze off and sealed at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And even then, I try not to let stuff sit in the freezer that long. Because, I mean, they're vacuum sealed and everything. But, you know, I definitely want to get, like, the oldest, quote-unquote, inventory fed off first before the fresher stuff. You know, unless it's a certain size that I need. But, yeah, kind of in a little bit of a pinch now because I'm I'm low on everything. And I'm trying to navigate having pinkies and fuzzies. And now I need, like, hoppers and small adults and... We're going to have to start culling some soon. But we also need to keep some back to raise up to, you know, expand our group a little bit if we can. Um, mm-hmm. With the um, yep. with the racks. But, yeah, man, exciting stuff. I'm, dude, I'm just, I'm so jazzed, man. Like, I'm just, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for all this stuff. It's because of your newfound freedom. <laughs> ah, I'm just, I'm just ready to ready to get back to it man i'm excited got a lot of stuff in the works and i'm almost like i'm not too the the cool thing is like i'm not too far from a point of being like wanting to coast like i'm getting the water snakes i've got a few i got a couple corns a couple rats coming and then like there's gonna be a selective few rat snakes after this first cull because i've already got yellows I need a few other things, and then water sna- a few water snakes next year, and then I'm going to coast and hopefully get some barons. I really want some barons. Jason Keller. Um, so hopefully... Say that all but, the time. Yeah, I'm just going to keep I'm saying I'm going to get it. these and I'm done. No, man. I, what do you mean I'm all not, the time? I just came like back. I do it. I haven't been. I've I'm been like, like no, nah, I'm set. getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. But then you know. I find myself on the VMS Herp website looking at corns, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I want them all. Yeah, now see, I don't have that problem with the corns because I'm really not into you know because not so much of the corn of the corn stuff nowadays is morphs and like that's fine, it's awesome. Like I I obviously got my little annery project, I could throw all kinds of crazy stuff. 
Um, but that's it because I really like I really my favorite morphs are Xanthix and Albinos. So like I got the Anricorns, I got the Albino Pits, so I'm hopefully getting some Xanthic Pits. And then that'll be my morph stuff. I'll be super content with those. Get a few more locality pits, a few more locality rats. Keys. Yeah, Kankies are on there. Hopefully some uh, other locality, some big, um, some big bulls. I'm supposed Chris, to get some Pituovas from Tony. Mills. What? Some Northerns? They're, I think they're an intergrade. Northern and Florida's maybe. When? I don't, he only had three eggs, and so he called me the other day, and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted some Northerns after working with that one that I worked with yeah. at the Nature Center and stuff, because it's such a beast, such an yeah, impressive animal. Dude, I was like, I kind of want some. Yeah, I love Northerns. And so Those he was like, on the radar. well, I got three eggs, you know, and I wasn't going to sell them. So he's like, if you want one, I'll put your name down on one, and then when they hatch, I'll just let you know. And I was like, sure. So nice. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, well, obviously not anytime soon, but once I'm ready for Northerns, I'm going to hit up Jay Jacoby. That that dude, oh, my God. His Is Northerns. he on Instagram? Jay Jacoby. I don't know if I see him on Instagram. I've, I'm friends with him on Facebook. That that's name where isn't I familiar see, at all. That's where I see his stuff. Dude, Jay Jacoby, that, you, his Ocean County, Northern Pines, he produced some uh, albino Northerns, too, out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Wasn't expecting them at all. All of a sudden, albinos popped up in his clutch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Dude, he's, he's the northern king, man. Oh my gosh, See, he's got stupid northerns. With northerns, if I'm gonna do northerns, I want northerns from like around here. Same yeah. thing with the horns. I don't know why, yeah, but same. like Jersey Giants are cool and all, but for whatever reason, it's just like I gotta have some yeah. country northerns. That's that's what that's what I want too. But I don't think is there many people that work with no pines from I have around seen here. One pine here in the. I've never, yeah. Not even almost 20 years that I've been living here. Yeah, now. I mean, but you can find them up in like the sand hills and stuff. Right. That's more of where I mean, they're from. Island. But like, yeah, I mean, you won't really, nowadays, especially, you won't find pines. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were extirpated from, from Ladies Island as a whole. Yeah, I don't think you'll find them here pretty much at all. And most of Buford, I would bet. Um, I mean, at the know, end of like the day, said, you got to go up to the sand hills. But I'll get what I can get, but. If I yeah. had a choice, it would totally be yeah. local. Yeah, no, same. But yeah, you ain't kidding. This guy's got some killer northerns. Yeah, he's got some really nice northerns. He works with. Dude, the, we need to get him on the show. Yeah, no, I would definitely like to uh, talk to him. And then we also need to get um. Oh, uh, that's, that's, this guy got suggested Blackstone Serpents. He's got some pretty nice stuff too. Oh wow, yeah, he's got some really nice bits. I, don't know. I have an appreciation for pits. I yeah, like the king I love keys. Them, man. I like the northerns, I, but other than that, I really have I have very little desire to keep. Oh, what is that? What, what on earth? Still water to red female. Yeah, oh, the still waters oh. are really nice. Um, I just don't, don't have there's any. another guy that I can't for some reason his name is escaping me. Um, Nelson. His last name. The last name is Nelson. It might be Jay Nelson actually. It's Jay Nelson. Jay Nelson. Yeah, that's not it. That's not it. That's a bunch of boats. It's something I I can't. I don't know why I can't I think know. of his. Hold on. I bet you I can find him on Facebook. I know I have him on Facebook too. They're cool. I like pits. I just aside from like the specific ones, I don't. Okay, it's Jason uh-huh. Nelson. What did you have me look up? 
Jay, not Jason. Find some of this stuff. Yeah, he produces some absolutely insane. Is this guy? Yep. Well, private account. You see, look at his. Yeah. Top picture. Yeah, he produces some some awesome bits. Um, Jason Nelson. Yeah, those two guys definitely up there. Definitely want to hit up Jay Jacoby about. Um, we got to get him on the show. Yeah. I think we haven't had a pit episode since uh, Noah Zalesnik. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, I need to talk to Noah again, man. He's see been, what he's working with. He definitely hasn't been online as much, it seems. Yeah. Can't say I really blame him for pulling back. I, I always see his morning uh, post with his coffee yeah. and a cigar. Yeah. I always liked him. I like him a lot. He's a cool, cool guy. <laughs> Cool guy hmm. doing cool stuff. You know, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're always on the hunt for cool uh, guests. Yeah. So we'll have to hit up. We'll have to do another Pituophis episode. Then we have to do a, a, a Nerodia hour with Mondra. Nerodia hour. The Nerodia Nerds <sighs> podcast. Yeah. I like I want to do this corn snake podcast, man. I even told like the only reason Chris is like his work schedule is crazy. So I was like, dude, it only has to be like once or twice a month, hour and a half. Yeah. Like we can cap it. You know, like they're used. Donovan Winterberg used to do corn on the pod. Mm. Um, I don't think he's doing that anymore. I don't know. Like Joe had his thing, which had a fairly heavy uh focus on corns but you know he's been busy he had with a stuff. lot he had a lot of different types of guests yeah. though. this wasn't oh. like corn snake specific we he did he covered a lot specific. of topics. he did a lot of topics there's plenty of people to talk about there's plenty of morphs and stuff to talk about uh shout out to that w- sarah moore who also uh, sarah's snake shop she put out two books like ebooks mm-hmm. on the corn morphs and explaining like where they came from and explaining how they work mm-hmm. which were awesome i bought both See, that would be, that should be the main thing. Like, if you did start some type of corn snake podcast, that should be it is like explaining morphs and how they work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that could be a huge part of your show because, like, the corn snake morph world has just freaking exploded. Well, that's what I like about so her. She has a YouTube channel that I've subscribed to recently, and she does, so she has a morph deep dive episodes where she focuses on a certain group, so like AML stuff. There's she does a, an episode on like all the AML variations. She does one on like Tesseras. She does one on Motleys. Like she does a single episode about these morphs, how they work, sort of Damn. where they came from. It sort of builds upon like the book that she put out. Right. And uh, it's uh, she does a great job with it. It's awesome. You know, That's I really enjoy neat. it. Yeah. So faux show. Just trying to convince Chris to do it. Like I said, once a month. It's all we need. I'm terrified of Daytona, though, because I know there's going to be a... Oh, God. Remember how many corner snakes there were? Dude, there's always going to be so many. Dude, I'm scared about the Okatees I'm going to see, because I know I'm going to see some nice Okatees. That might be the only thing that makes me break my don't buy anything at Daytona. But see, I can't, man. I I freaking can't. I'm on the hook for too much other stuff. There's other rat snakes I want way more than Shows like Daytona are tough. Man, Okatee. I want Okatees so freaking bad. You're getting the two from me. Yeah, but those are I consider those like like we were talking the other day. Those are, those to us, those are ladies' island cords. Those aren't Okatees. 
It's about as close as you're going to get. Well, yeah, I can also ride over to Jasper County and find some there, and those would be the, the quote-unquote Okatees. You know, that's what, like like you said, you you know, we can consider pretty much anything from Beaufort Okatee, you know, but yeah, there's so that like, specific Okatee and that specific look that you find in Jasper and, like, Yamasee, because I found that look in Yamasee, too, that super dark orange and, you know. That's a term that gets use like the okay thing has been pretty much interchanged with like normals yeah no yeah and i agree and that's why like i don't think that's the case like i think true okatees come like the hunt clubs the hunt Mm -hmm. clubs are true okatees anything from jasper county to me is a true okatee because that is an okatee but i it also confuses me why people spell it the way they do right that's not how okatee is spelled and i don't know where the hell that used to be spelled and then eventually it just changed over yeah my yeah i guess back in the day they may have spelled it like that you see it spelled o-k-e-e-t-e-e yeah but okatee here like where we live is o-k-a-t-i-e yeah so people think people come into town they're like where's okatee yeah okatee yeah that's why i like when i that's what i by default want to post when i post them like okatees like the way we yeah. just spelled it like the current spelling but yeah a lot of people yeah. will be like what's O-K-T. an okatee yeah they're gonna tell me that's not right yeah it's, it's like okay yeah like, i just that's like just like macklets <laughs> no not just like macklets because you're just dumb for that no no because it's not are, just are you like gonna macklets. call them okatees no okatees no it's pronounced okatees like but that's why that's Weird. like you're pronouncing so we're macklets no that's not how you say ma- <clears throat> But mm. see, that's another one of those things. It's mm. not said like it's spelled. You're literally hurting your argument here. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Because you're going to call them Okatees, right? Maclots look like, isn't it? Aren't they spelled? No, wait, no, it's not. You're just that much of an idiot. Never mind. Okay, so when you refer to them now, I want you to call them Okatees. No. Why not? Because. Why? Because that's not how it's pronounced. Sure it is. No, it's not. That's the way it's spelled. Macklins. Macklins. I'm going to get a basket Okatees of is not the same as Okitees. No, it's not. You're right. Macklets. Uh, Macklets is, is not the same as Macklots. Mac-lots. That's what I'm saying. So you yeah. say it Okitee when it's yeah. supposed to be Okitee. No, it's not. Nobody in the history of ever has ever said Okitee <coughs> unless they just made a mistake. But so how Okitee is and everybody Okitee and Okitee, how do those sound the same? They don't. Just like Maclots and Maclots doesn't sound the same. When they get pronounced, how how come people don't make the distinction? What do you What do you mean? Like when I say Maclots, <laughs> that's just how I pronounce it. It's Maclots. I'm a well Mac-lots. aware of that, but Mac-lots. it's so much more clunky to call them Maclots. No, that's not. The it two rolls syllables. off. It rolls off the tongue way it better. It really doesn't. Maclots. 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 See, I just tried to do it. Like physically Mac-lots. tried to say Maclots. Without that stop, that second syllable. Maclots. 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 That just sounds so dumb, dude. Sounds like you, a, like I'm not pronouncing it as Mac L E T S. Yeah, no, you're pronouncing like L E T S Maclots. 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 Maclots is just clunky. But, it feels like Maclots like Python. That sounds tar. so stupid. Maclots Python. That just that no. Maclots Python. That's what it's they that, are. No, it Maclots Python. That's Maclots Python. You know what I mean? Maclots. Okie T is the same thing. 
It's the same thing going on. No, it's not. People it's aren't turn- because Macklitz just isn't right. Okay, Okatee is right. Macklots is correct. Macklitz is not the right pronunciation of the word. Okatee is the correct pr- pronunciation of either O K E E T E E or O K A T I E. Either one, either way, you spell it. It's Okatee. Okay. O K T. Oh my God! It's a different emphasis on the same yes, syllable. Yes, I understand. It's a different emphasis, but it's, it's the same. But that's thing. also like not how you pronounce thing. it. Okt is not how you pronounce it. Like it's the wrong pronunciation of that word. That doesn't even make sense. It's. Oh. I'm saying the same thing oh. is happening. Like yes, it's spelled okt. That is like the official term for the hunt club back in the day, but we call it okt. Everybody calls it Okatee. There's just less emphasis on that first E-E. You know what I mean? After the K? Okatee. Okitee. Same thing with the Macklets. There's not a big emphasis on that O-T-S, on that L-O-T-S. Yeah, but only in your brain. That's the thing. Nobody in the history on this planet has ever said So you're meaning to tell me you. people walk around this planet yes. saying Macklots pythons. 1,000%. Maclots. <laughs> you can't even say it when like that. Maclots. Maclots. Like it sounds better. Maclots. Maclots. Maclots is just. I'm gonna go get a basket of maclots. I'm just telling you. Let's go get some maclots. With my dialect. Maclots. Okay. Your dialect. Yes. What freaking dialect? Maclots. Oh my god. I just stop. How do you say oil? Oil. What are you? Like, repeat this sentence. I went down to the zippy lube to get my oil changed. I went down to the zippy lube to get my oil changed. I went down to the zippy lube to get my oil changed. I went down to the zippy lube to get my oil changed. You're not going oil. Oil. <laughs> yeah, but. Same thing. It's not the same. It is the same thing. Like, when my doctor no. says. <laughs> hey, you should go find this fish oil on the shelves. Yeah, it's fish oil. Fish yeah, oil. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But see, nope. Every that's, that's how, the that's, thing. It's still it's you're not like oil, but still macklets and maclots are completely different. Oil at least at least oil kind of sounds still like oil. Oil. Macklets and maclots doesn't sound absolutely nothing. Get your freaking hairy leg off of me. Sorry. God. No, but Macklets and Maclots sound I, completely different. I know someone somewhere out there. <laughs> Dude, literally nobody knows, has agreed with you on knows this. Knows exactly where I'm coming from. And nobody, this. nobody in the history of this podcast has ever agreed with you on that one. I'm making it known that I'm well aware that it's spelled Maclots, and it's pronounced Maclots, and it's pronounced Maclots. But will, for whatever reason, with the way I say it, it's Maclots. I'll never forget the first time I heard you say that. It, just, it was on the show, too. I just looked at you and was like, what, what did you just say? Macklets. 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 Someone said, oh, Dude, it sounds like a eh. food. Like, what? hey, can you give me a plate of macklets? What? You know what I mean? I feel like every time, I, every time I picture macklets, I'm thinking like pancakes. That doesn't make some, sense. Give me a plate of macklets. You know what I mean? Like, if I was from somewhere dumb... Then I would probably call pancake pancakes, macklets, pancakes. Yeah, now I can't even talk because you got me so worked up. 
I'm saying uh, I, all I'm getting at. Ticket order Mac. That I'm saying it correctly in my mind. That is what I am saying, but it does not sound. You're saying that it way. wrong. I'm tired of people picking on me. I'm saying it correctly. It just doesn't sound the way. It's the short form is the only way I can explain it. But see, it's still two syllables. Right, Macklets. It's still two syllables. How is it shorter? Is Does Maclots not just feel clunky Mac-lots. to you when you say it? No. Maclots. Because that's how I've always said it. I've always said Maclots, Python. Maclots. Maclots. I Mac-lots. can't say it quickly. Maclots. Maclots. Why are you trying to say it quickly? Because Why do you have to talk so fast Mac- about Maclots? Maclots. It's just, it feels... That's why you just call them Max. Max. It's just short. No, not Maclets, because they just sound so dumb. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say that Okitees and Okatees. They sound. It's the same thing. Okay. It's just. That's fine. It's fine. It's but, yeah. It's still yes. Obviously, it's still the same freaking thing. It's still the same snake. I get like, that. Like I was but, when yeah, I was so a kid. It, it like was a always Okatees. Yeah, they've always been Okatees. I don't hear people. The only people that would say not the OKT Hunt Club. No, exactly That's because it's not pronounced Ohio like that. Pronounce That's because it's not pronounced like that. If people who say OKT don't know how it's pronounced and they read it how it's and they say it how it's spelled. There's a lot of things that Okeechobee. aren't What about Okeechobee? I'm not even going in how I'm not even going in That's on That's how that. it's spelled. Dude, we're th- Okifinoki. You're killing me. You're killing me. I'm not, man. Yes. I'm just telling you. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. No, we're not, actually. Because, like, are. the only people that, you know, as far as the Macklets, no, we're not. But, like, Okiti and Okiti, like, the only people that are going to say Okiti are people who don't know about Okiti corns and not, aren't from here. And so they're not going to see it as Okatees. But if as somebody who works with a lot of Okatees, they're going to say Okatee because that is co- the correct pronunciation of that word and how that is spelled. That's probably why they changed the spelling to O-K-A-T-I-E because anybody who reads that is going to say Okatee. from Ohio can't say it right. we got to change it. we got to dumb it down. Exactly. So, but it's always been pronounced Okatee. It's the Okatee Hunt Club. It's, you know what it is? It's the exact same thing as the way people pronounce car in different parts of the country. Car. Up north, it's a car. You pot the car in the yard. There's car. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just yeah, pronounced slightly differently. Yeah, I get that. That's that, what's no, happening that's with called the an accent. That's called an accent. That's what's happening with the Macklets. No, it's not what's happening with the Macklets. Yes, it is. You don't have any, You and I have the same like quote unquote accent. Okay. You're from Wisconsin. Yeah, I know, but I don't talk like this. South Carolina born and bred, boy. Yeah, so. Macklets. I just want to put this to rest. Yeah, finally, can we once stop and talking all. about this for the love of God. You're giving me. I'm just failure. trying to tell you Jesus. how I feel. <laughs> that's the thing though man is like how you feel is wrong going back to the original <laughs> conversation before yeah, you what were derail we even talking about thing. how did i derail this you're the one the that whole brought this up okt thing of those being the same as normals which 
I guess I can understand why they would be labeled as such, but yeah. to me, I don't think they should be used interchangeably like that. See, I don't like think wild type I, normal. I, like I, I almost wouldn't even say like most OGDs are considered normals because like. Unless, because, you know, you have the stuff like reverse OKTs, and you have, like, specifically, like, this was an OKT bred to blah, 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 blah. Like, if it's two morphs that there aren't known OKTs in that, like, because you will still get normals out of morph pairings, obviously, now. Unless there's known OKT blood in there, the normals that pop from those morph pairings, I don't think people will label OKT. At least they shouldn't. Okay, and now if you do that, I think you're trash. But that's <laughs> if you pair a bunch of morphs and you get normals, don't call them ugties. You know, but you know there are a lot of there are a lot of normal corns out there that people label as ugties. Yes. It's just it became the but. default at some point. I don't know. Yeah. But. <sighs> I'm tired, man. I've had a long couple of days. Mm-hmm. Today I've been working on these racks pretty much all day. Yesterday. Mm, poor thing. Did a little bit of rack stuff. Well, then we'll wrap it up. We were going to have a whole, like... We don't have to wrap it up. I wasn't saying we needed to wrap it up. Damn. Well, I mean, we're at an hour 20. Yeah. What were you mean? What were you about to say that we were going to have? We were going to do, like, so... One oh, of the first yeah. episodes was, like, the people we look up to. So I figured... I guess it's not going to happen this one-on-one because I want to be able to have a little more planning to it, like yeah. have a little more like... Because I think it'll be a cool episode. Yeah, And no, come I think back to that on the next bit. one-on-one. Yeah. So. yeah, do another episode of the people we look up to because, yeah. Just be interesting to see how things have changed over the last three years. Things have changed a lot in the last three years, man. It's, it's just hard to believe that it's even been three years. Yeah. More than that, actually. It's crazy, man. Hmm. I still remember the first time you showed up at uh, my first trailer at Crack House looking place. Yep. Yeah. I was sure I was going to get held hostage. You were looking at those striped caramel head albino carpets I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. That was like... You dodged that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> man, that, that feels like... The water a, python and the blood python. Uh, oh, the man. Yeah, the king rat. Nicaraguan boa. Yeah, I dude, that's the king rat's a big one that I really regret. I really wish I had my king rats. Hindsight's twenty twenty. At all, yeah, I had those. I had albino blood. And I had a pair of bloods. I had just this monster male that was just psychotic. Um, yeah, I had all types of stuff, man. And now I'm kind of getting back to having all types of stuff. Just colubrids. Come full circle. Yeah, coming back around. It's crazy. How many carpets are you planning on holding on to? Kind of depends. I still have more nidovirus texting to do. I've lost um, quite a few. Not quite a few. I've lost a handful of carpets through um, what I've done. Um, I still have to do another round. I haven't been testing the babies yet um, because I really think they're. I think they're fine because since they've been born, they've been the first things that got cleaned in my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think they're going to be fine as far as the NIDO goes. Um, but we'll see. I'll probably have, I'll still probably have a group of about 10 to 20. Really? How many do you have now? Dude, I had almost 30 carpets for a while. Really? 
Yeah, once I had the babies, yeah. Once I had the babies, I had 30 carpets. I just lost... I just lost two... Um, well, lost. I just put down two. Um, one, two are hopefully, as long as these two tests come back negative, two are going to Daytona with me to go. Um, so that'll probably put me at around 24, 25 Damn. carpets. And then... Plan on trading a pair of the babies. <sighs> and then I will see what happens after some tests um, from there. And then once everything tests, once I once I get everything tested, if I say I keep every, I have everything still and I don't get any more positive tests, which I hope is the case. I doubt that's going to be the case. Um, but I'm hoping to have a group of about... 10 to 15. And is like that what really you're nice going like to hold on to? Yeah, those are going to be my grow outs. Um, I I'm going to, I should have, I'll probably power with one one or two more of the babies. I want to keep back, mo I'm going to keep back most of the babies until I figure out what's going on with my older animals. Um, but I have a grow out rack of one, two, or two, four, six, like eight carpets that i'm really excited about some of the nicest in my collection um but slight problem with that is i did have an animal that was in that rack pop positive um so that could be bad mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my main group um so if that whole rack is infected i've got a bigger problem on my hands um in which case i will be pretty much falling back on all my babies if that rat gets annihilated, um, yeah, it's going to be my babies that I'm raising up. And then hopefully the mom and another big female. Um, and then I got some other farm bred stuff and a real nice male that has produced both clutches for me. Um, so what a pimp. we'll see. I don't, I don't really know what's going to come of it. I'm really worried about that. Um, that one rack. Cause that was like, that literally had like my grow up carpets, all the stuff that I got last year. Um, all my really nice, like, grow outs, uh, yeah, well, I guess technically two years ago, um, so I had all those in it, and, or it has all those in it, and those are literally probably the nicest animals in my collection, um, so we'll see what happens, I gotta test, I gotta start testing all those, um, and I'm gonna get a pair of babies tested, like I said, I'm not worried about the babies, I think they're gonna be fine, um, but, we'll uh, see, time yeah. will tell, yeah. So, other than that, keeping the colubrids separated, just so nobody thinks I'm getting a bunch of colubrids mm -hmm. and putting them in the same room. They are in separate areas, separate cleaning stuff, and nothing's getting transferred. Yeah. Um, so, it takes forever to clean the carpets now, though, man, with how I do things and mm -hmm. how sanitary yeah. conscious I am. Boy, it takes forever. A lot of work. For, um, a lot of gloves. Yeah, a lot of gloves. A lot, a lot of gloves. I don't, you know, like, I know Chris and you know, a lot of other guys use gloves when they're cleaning stuff and whatnot, but to me, it's like, A, them things ain't cheap. B, your hands get sweaty in those things, and so when you have to take off another pair and put on another pair, it's damn near it's impossible. Because I helped you the other day do a test, and it was like, first snake, cool, no problem. I had to put gloves on, a, like a new pair of gloves for the second snake, and it was yeah. like, crap, like my hands had already been sweating. Yeah. And it was like, dude, I can't even get this thing on. It's hell. What I would normally do is like, because for me, 
for me, like in a rack, like I feel like if it's in a rack, like if something in the rack has it, it's likely that, you know, I'll, the other stuff in the rack has it, which scares me about the Nido. But, you know, I'm hopeful because those ones I were more cautious about. Um, but like, so for me, like I'll put on a pair of gloves for like either a rack or a row. I'll do like a row of snakes and a rack and then change gloves or I'll do a whole rack with the same pair of gloves on, but I'll sanitize the gloves, um, and use them that way. Cause it's also like, for me, a big part of the glove thing is like plastic waste. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're changing out gloves, every snake and you got a hundred snakes, that's 200 gloves that you're just throwing in the trash immediately. Sometimes they don't even get soiled. You know, so it's like for me, the we also have to think about the amount of plastic right. that we're throwing away, you know, because All that's something go somewhere. Yeah. You know, because I for there was a period where I was doing the like the, the cups with the with water dishes, mm-hmm. like plastic cups and just changing them out, throwing the old ones out and. I got I just noticed all the plastic I was throwing away and like obviously recycling is is king you know obviously recycle your stuff but like it's still a lot like Mm -hmm. even if you recycle it that's a lot of plastic that's you know just being thrown out so I don't know I'm I've been gotten back into just washing my water dishes out and wiping them granted it takes longer but it is what it is um so I don't know, man. I'm just I, I I'm always changing how I do things. I'm constantly trying to do things different and mm-hmm. better, and you know, changing up hides. And you know, I bought all kinds of stuff for hides this last week for these new racks and new water dishes, and yeah. So that's something I really want to pursue. That me and Chris and sort of the group had talked about was some form of like biodegradable hide. That, you know, if it ended up in a landfill somewhere, or, you know, if you just chucked it, you know, on your property or something, it would break down in fairly quick order and, you know, wouldn't be adding to the problem by any means. But I mean, if you think about it, if, like, you run a lot of bioactive stuff, you could just, like, chop them up and mix oh, yeah, it in yeah. your bedding. Totally. Like, if, if you, you keep you, isopods and stuff, just Yeah, just, like, there. once it gets, like, super, like, mm-hmm. saturated with crap and anything else just chop it up and stuff it into your substrate with that same animal you i know? mean with and the stuff that i'm that i'm thinking of of using i mean it it takes a lot to get it to break down and i mean unless short of like throwing it in water straight up like right. it lasts a long time i've got some yeah. of them that i've used that's what i mean like you can't really clean those off though no. like once they get shit all over them you know like but that's you, the point is like once they get to that point to where they're so gross yeah, that's what you I mean. Just, that's when you chop them up, and mm-hmm. you can just throw them into the throw them into I'm the. Saying, it just takes a lot for them to get to the point where you're like, "Wow, this has to go." Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, like instead of but instead of just throwing it outside or having it biodegrade, like you can chop it up and feed it to your. Put it in your compost box. pile. Yeah, compost bins. But I'm also kind of I'm also all about um, having plastic hides that I can wash off, you mm-hmm. know. But biodegradable, if I'm doing if I'm doing some uh, bioactive stuff, you know, biodegradable hides. See, be good, uh, that's the weird thing with like go. aspen shavings and stuff. Is that supposed to be like biodegradable? But if you put a pile out, like if Shit I threw, ain't it, ain't, it doesn't go anywhere. No. like that's the nice thing about the the paper bedding. Yeah, that's actually like, that stuff disappears quick. Yeah, at least from what I've noticed, like it. It's not nearly as noticeable over the course of three, six months as, like, right. a pile of aspen is. So, I don't know. Because I had, like, I have a, from all the mice, you know, all the pine shavings and stuff, there's a massive amount Mount of that. Mount Ratmore. Mount Ratmore. And it's, 
I'm like, this thing isn't going anywhere. Yeah, no. Like, it's going to take forever for this stuff to <laughs> be one with the environment. Become one. I don't, I don't know. But, but alrighty. Well, episode 131. Look, we're ending at 131. Huh. Yeah. All right, y'all. The show Thank is brought you. to you by Steve Kennedy and Steve Snake Jewelry Venom Hot Sauces. Check them out. Uh, we will be back. Monday for Snakes and Stogies 87, which we won't, I will be there. We won't be on THP next week because we're oh, going to Daytona on Thursday, unless yes. we do another Wednesday episode, Maybe. which I suppose is possible. Um, I don't but know. I kind of like having taken like Thursday. a you know, having a little week off here and there. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Come back. We can do another. Uh, we can do uh, a homie episode with Phil and Billy after um, Daytona. Daytona do a Daytona recap. Or I mean, that might be a good opportunity to do our uh, our sluts episode. Get Maybe. all of our all of our Daytona peeps there. Hmm. But we'll see. Anyways, we'll figure it out. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Third Culture Podcast. Hope you guys guys enjoyed our first one-on-one that we've had in quite some time. Minute. So yeah, everyone have a good evening, good morning, good day, all that good stuff. Whenever you are listening to this, thanks for.